Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Well, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 139. And we're going to read two verses as our text, verse 17 and 18. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. This conference will now be recorded. <laughs> Psalms 139, verse 17 and 18. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. King David is praying to the Lord, and he is thanking him and acknowledging how precious God's thoughts are to him. The Bible says that God's thoughts toward us are precious. Not only precious, but innumerable. That means you cannot even count them. What does that mean to you? When you read the Word, and the Word says, Lord, your thoughts are precious to me. What does that mean to you? I'll tell you what it means to me. It means that the, that, that the Lord thinks the world of me. That I am so precious to him. And that his thoughts encompass every sphere of my life. Last Sunday, if you were here, I shared with you the value of knowing and receiving God's thoughts towards you. If you were not here, I encourage you to get the message on SoundCloud and listen to it, because this is a continuation of what I shared with you last Sunday. And I shared with you that God's thoughts toward us are so valuable. In fact, you cannot place a value on them. They are invaluable when you begin to understand what God thinks about you, about your life, about your future, about your purpose, about your destiny, about your family, and everything that concerns you. When you discover that, when you receive a revelation of the overall thoughts of God towards you, it's priceless. And I believe that the most precious commodity on the face of the universe today is a revelation knowledge of who God is and how He thinks and what He thinks about us. Amen? And so as we receive them, I shared with you last Sunday, the thoughts of God, we are elevated unto another level, a level to which we have not been before a spiritual level, and we begin to see things not only the way God sees things, 
but we see things we have not seen before. It's like a new horizon opens up before us. We hear things that we have not heard before. We understand things like we have not understood them before. We see a future that is filled with hope and purpose, destined and written specifically for you by God to experience while here on this earth. In fact, I shared with you last Sunday that God wrote a book about your life even before you got here. Amen? So, and in my teaching, I shared numerous experiences of my own journey with the Lord and gave testimony concerning the way that God led me by communicating His thoughts where my life, my purpose, my future, my family, and my destiny was concerned. Praise God forevermore. Today, I'm going to continue on the same theme concerning the thoughts of God when it comes to hearing from God. How many of you find it easy to hear from God? Can I see your hand? And now be honest with me. Wow, very few. Now, that's what I'm going to be teaching you today concerning hearing from God and the importance of training our minds to resist the attacks of the devil as he endeavors to capture your mind through his thoughts. This is how the devil works. You see, God communicates with us by giving us his thoughts. As we fellowship with him, in the Spirit and in the Word, God begins to reveal His mind, His thoughts, His will towards you. And this is the most common way that God speaks to us. This is the most common way God speaks to me anyway. And uh, I believe this is the most common and usual way that God speaks to us, leads and guides us by communicating His thoughts through the Word, interpreted by the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, a renewed mind, a mind that has been renovated with the thoughts of God, is an absolute necessity if we desire to walk with God and to continually hear from Him. Amen? Now, the Spirit... Listen carefully. The Spirit will use your mind to communicate God's thoughts to you, concerning you, but if our minds are unfamiliar with the thoughts of God, then He has nothing to communicate to you. If you don't know God's language, how will you understand Him when He speaks to you? Amen? You'll end up in France. Everybody speaks in French. And here you are, and you want, to get, you want to get somewhere, you want to buy something, but you're unable to understand what they're saying to you. You're completely lost and confused. 
That's why many believers are not able to hear from God today, and the reason being is because their minds is untouched by the thoughts of God. They have not spent time in prayer. They have not spent time in the Word, meditating the Word, studying the Word. They don't know how God thinks. So even if God gives them a thought, they are unaware that it is God speaking to them. God speaks to every one of His children. But you've got to learn His language. You've got to understand how God thinks if you want to hear from God and walk with God from day to day. It's not difficult to receive or to hear from God when you know how He thinks. How many of you agree with that statement? Amen. It's the easiest thing in the world. Amen. Praise God. And that's why I say the reason many believers find it difficult to hear from God is because they continue to maintain an unrenewed mind, a mind that has not been touched by the thoughts of God. You see, the devil is a real person, but he's invisible. And the way he controls and manipulates people is by putting his thoughts into your mind, making you believe that it's your thoughts. He's so sly, so conniving, that he makes you believe that the thoughts he's giving you comes from you, rather than from the liar and the father of lies. Are you listening to me? That's how he controls, that's how he manipulates people, by putting his thoughts, making them believe that it's their thoughts. And listen to this. He who controls the mind controls the person. Think about that. Write that statement down. That is why we've got to take back our minds. He who controls the mind controls the person, because where the mind goes, goes the person. And you go there first with your thoughts before you go there with your body. Hello? You think about it first before you do it. Hello? He constantly bombards our minds with thoughts, thoughts of fear. No thought from God contains fear. You need to understand that. God has not given us a spirit of fear, the Bible says. But if you don't know that, you think it's your thought, and it's natural. No, fear is not natural for the born-again believer. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If a thought you receive communicates fear and confusion in your mind and in your inner being, it's not from God, and you need to know that. Hello? Fear is not natural for you. Fear is natural for the one who has not been born again, the unregenerate man or woman who has not experienced the new birth or the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. But fear is not natural for us. And so he bombards us with thoughts of fear. Here is another one. Thoughts of sickness and disease. There are no sickness or disease in heaven. 
and there is no sickness, no thought of disease in the mind of God for you because Jesus took them on his own body on the cross. So when the devil hits you with a symptom and the thought comes and tells you all sorts of lies, you have a choice. Do I believe and receive that thought or do I spit it out? And I contradict and resist that thought with a thought of God. Are you listening to me? Because many of us are caving to the enemy's lies far too easy. Because our minds, our minds, our minds have not been renewed by the thoughts of God. So get to work. If you want to obtain victory, this is where it comes. This is where the battle is. You've got to obtain victory, first of all, in your thought life. Amen? He attacks us with thoughts of sickness, thoughts of disease, using natural and physical symptoms or circumstances. Remember, the Bible says He's the God of this natural world. That means He can manipulate the physical world. Are you listening to me? He can manipulate the physical world. He can manipulate situations in the physical realm in order to make you believe his thoughts. Hello. Because he is the God of this world. And then he, he brings thoughts of hopelessness, despair, loneliness, rejection, God doesn't love you anymore. If he did love you, this wouldn't have happened to you. Hello? How can you say God is love? Look what's happening around in the world. You see, he will point you to the physical, natural world in order to confirm his thoughts and his lies. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I believe. I'm only moved. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe the Bible. Do you believe the Bible? Amen. amen. We shout amen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when it comes to the test, how many of us are caving into the, to the lies of the devil? And so many other multitude of other thoughts bringing about turmoil, bringing about fear and confusion in your mind. Some people have no peace because their minds are all over the place. They have no rest. They're stressed out. Why? Because they have no control over the thoughts. Amen? You cannot control your life until you control your mind. Amen? Now, if our minds are ignorant of God's thoughts toward us, listen to me, they become susceptible to the devil's lies. Easy to deceive someone who doesn't know the truth. Hello? Hello? 
Jesus said, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free, not just the truth. You see, if your mind is untouched by the thoughts of God, you become susceptible to the devil's lies, and our unrenewed minds, listen to this, become the very platform by which the devil launches his attacks against you and through you against others. Imagine that, that our minds can become our worst enemy. Yeah. Your mind can become your worst enemy. If you don't renew it, you are giving the devil a platform through which he attacks you and attacks other people through you. Wow. Amen. <laughs> you know, the devil is not very far. He makes his home in the minds of people who have not renewed their minds. And let's look at some scripture in order to prove to you what I just read. Turn with me to Matthew 16, verse 21, 22, and 23. And put it up on the board, please, um, Siobhan. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 and 23. This is the conversation that Jesus had with Peter. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Here is Jesus revealing God's plan for his life. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Let me ask you a question. Where was Satan when Jesus rebuked him? <laughs> did, did he come there physically? And, and where was he? Where, where, where was he hiding? He was hiding in Peter's mind. And Scripture says, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not thinking God's thoughts but man's natural thoughts. You see, a thought can be yours, natural thought, from your flesh, from your past, from your preferences, and you think, well, that is not necessarily God's thought. Now, Jesus saw right through Peter and discerned. That's why we need discernment. That's why we need to examine as the Bible says, every thought and bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what Scripture teaches us. Jesus saw right through Peter and discerned that his thoughts did not come from God, but from the evil one. Now, Peter was not Satan, all right? You understand that. But he received and embraced Satan's thoughts 
agreed with them, believing that they were his thoughts, and tried to influence Jesus to get out of the will of God and not to go to the cross. That was a satanic thought coming against the will of God in the life of Jesus, and the Lord recognized it, and immediately he rebuked it. I wonder what Peter thought at that moment. Here is one moment he's confessing, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the thought from God through the Spirit. And Jesus said, this thought doesn't come from you, it comes from my Father. And here the next moment, he receives a thought from the evil one, thinking it's his thought, giving it to Jesus. <laughs> you know, Scripture says that the God of this age blinds the minds of those who do not believe. You read that Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4? You may argue with me and say, well, I'm not an unbeliever. We are believers. We are born again. You might be born again, but it's your spirit that is born again, not your mind. Are you listening to me? Not your mind. You still have that same old mind you had before you got born again, and if you don't do something about it and renew it with God's thoughts, the devil will blind and deceive you with his lies. And you will act just like an unbeliever. That's what happened to the Corinthians. Paul said to them, you act like mere men. There was so much division. There was so much confusion. There was so much strife and bickering amongst them. And Paul says to them, you, you, you act like mere men. You act as though nothing has happened to you. Why? Because their minds were not renewed with the thoughts of God. You see, the devil gains access into the lives of all whose minds are unrenewed. Listen, I want to share a revelation with you. We cannot prevent the devil from putting thoughts into our minds. Are you listening to me? You cannot prevent him from doing so. He even did it with Jesus in the wilderness when he tempted him. Even the most holy and the most pure person in the world will have thoughts in his mind from, mind to, from time to time that do, that do not glorify God, that do not honor God. Amen? Amen? Now, having thoughts is not a sin. Entertaining them and receiving them and acting upon them is a sin. Amen? Someone said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can certainly stop them from making a nest in your hair. Hello? So just because you had a thought, that doesn't mean you sinned. If you entertain that thought, if you play with it, meditate on it, and think about it again and again, and then you begin to embrace it and act on it, then it becomes a sin. You fell into temptation. That's how the devil tempted Jesus. He came and he put thoughts in his mind. If you, the Son of God, do this. If you, the Son. How do you think he came to him? How do you think he comes to you tempting you? Hello? 
start to put imaginations into your mind. If you don't know the Word of God, you believe it's your thoughts. It's not your thoughts. It's His thoughts. Hello? Jesus said in Matthew 6.31, listen, Therefore take no thought saying. I want to read that again. Take no thought saying. How do you take a thought? By saying it. You give your thought life when you speak that thought. That's how we give it life. The way we receive thoughts and give them expression is by giving them a voice. And Jesus said, don't say it. And if you're not going to say it, you're not going to act on it. So thoughts can remain unborn, can be aborted, if we do not give them a voice, if we do not give them a platform by which they can operate. Amen? And the way we can succeed in this battle is by training our minds to discern between God's thoughts and the devil's thoughts. Between God's thoughts and natural human thoughts. Are you still with me? I'm teaching you spiritual warfare. I'm teaching you how to stand and resist the enemy when he tempts you, when he puts thoughts into your mind. The only way you're going to succeed is by having the mind of Christ. Amen? The mind is where the battles are won and lost. Every battle is won in the mind first. Every battle is lost in the mind first. That's why the Bible instructs us to train our minds so that we can prove that which is good, that which is acceptable, and that which is the perfect will of God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. A very well-known verse of Scripture, you should know it off by heart and practice it. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And do, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here are the two things the Word of God instructs the believer, you and me, to do. Number one, we present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And what else do we do? We renew our minds with the thoughts of God and that is not something God will do for you. Many believers think that God will do that for them. No, He won't do it. If you don't get to do it, it will not be done. Amen? We have to present our bodies to God. God is not going to come and, and force you. He expects us to present our bodies to the, to the Lord as a living sacrifice every single day. And he expects us to renew our minds with his thoughts. So if we're not going to do it, 
is not going to get done. Amen? Not only that, but God's thoughts toward us, the thoughts that He reveals to you and I, become the weapons which we use to defeat the enemy when it comes against us. And this is called spiritual warfare. We war in the Spirit, not in the flesh, by using God's thoughts against the devil's lies. That's how you win your battles. That's how you overcome temptation. That's how you and I overcome and, and obtain the victory. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, Paul explains it very well. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for doing what? Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments or thoughts, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we come against the devil with weapons that are far superior than his. They are spiritual weapons. Amen? You cannot fight the devil. You cannot resist him with natural weapons. Amen? We resist him with spiritual weapons that are far more advanced, far more superior. And we come against him with the words of God, which are filled with the Spirit and the thoughts of God. The Word says we capture every thought that make it and make it obedient to Christ. Amen? So the thoughts God gives you, and God gives me, as I've explained to you last Sunday, as we fellowship with Him in the Word, concerning your life, concerning your family, concerning your future, become the very weapons you use against Him when He attacks you with His lies. When the devil threatens to take my life before my time, with thoughts, with sickness or disease, you know what I do? I use the thoughts God gave me concerning my future and destiny, the thoughts that God spoke to my spirit when I fellowshiped with Him, when I read and studied His Word, and He spoke those words directly to my spirit. One of those thoughts is found in Psalm 91, verse 16, when He said to me, Son, with long life I will satisfy you. <laughs> and I will show you my salvation. So, I'm not satisfied yet. Because I have a long way to go. So take your lies, devil, and get behind me. With long life, my God will satisfy me and will show me his salvation. Another thought that God gave me many years ago, but I still remember it and I can quote it, is in, in Genesis 28, verse 15, when God spoke to me that morning. You know, God can speak to you 30 years ago and give you a word, and it's still as fresh today like He spoke it this morning. I've even dated when I got that word. This is what the Lord said to me, Behold, I am with you. And I will keep you wherever you go 
and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And he hasn't done everything he has spoken to me yet. You've got to know your Bible. If you don't know your Bible, you are an open target. And the enemy will play football with you. Amen. I take these thoughts which were given to me by the Spirit. And I don't just think them. I speak them. Because Jesus said, you take the thought by saying, your words are powerful. Amen. You have authority in the realm of the Spirit. God gave you through Christ that authority. Use it, because if you don't, the enemy will steal it from you and use it against you. Amen. When he threatens, especially nowadays, with this pandemic going wild, when he threatens to bring a plague against me or against my family, I attack him with the thoughts of God that he gave me from Psalm 91. You see, that's why I said to you last week, you should write in front of your Bible, this is my Bible. God speaks to me through my Bible. So when you read the Bible, allow the Spirit to make those words your words, to make them personal to you, just like God was speaking to you alone. Hello? So I, I attack him. What do I say? No evil shall befall me, Satan. Neither shall any plague come nigh my house or my dwelling. Why? For the Lord has given his angels charge over me and my family. To do what? To keep me in all my ways and in their hands they shall bear me up lest I dash my foot against the stone. I go on. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. And you hear all this news, so many deaths, so many infections, blah, blah, blah. Every day, all day long, they bombard you with thoughts, with sickness, with fear, with confusion, with poverty, and on and on and on and on and on. They meditate. They go on about the problems and all of that. But my God says, a thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Take those words, those thoughts, make them your own. And often quote them when the devil comes and frightens you, when he puts thoughts into your mind that you will be attacked, that you will be murdered in your own house like you see on TV. You tell him, gather your belongings, liar, and get behind me, for it is written, no evil shall befall me, no evil shall befall against my family, because the Lord has given his angels charge over me and mine. 
And I'm blessed when I go out and I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Amen. These are your promises from God to you. You take them. You meditate on them every single day, all day long, if you like, until those thoughts consume your mind and your entire being. And you walk around confident, not proud nor arrogant, but confident, secure in your relationship with God. Here's another thought that terrifies the devil. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue or every thought that rises up against you, you will condemn. Not God, you must condemn it. You must diffuse it. You must reject it. Amen? Why? This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is a gift from God to me through Christ Jesus. I am God's servant. You are God's child. Your righteousness is a gift from God. Therefore, no weapon that the devil throws against you will ever prosper. Amen? Amen. Listen, folks, in closing up, don't want to keep you any longer because we're going past our time. And we need to realize that we are at war, church. Whether you realize it or not, you have enlisted in the army of the Lord Jesus. The Bible calls you and me a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our war is not against flesh and blood or human beings, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Amen? So we need to put on the whole armor of God. Every single day you put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wall of the devil. For a long time I didn't know how to do that. How do you, how do you put on the armor of God? I know how to put my clothes in the morning when I get up. Hello? <laughs> how do you put an armor that you can't see, you can't feel? You know how to put, I know how to put my clothes on. But how do I put the armor of God? That was, a, that, that was something that bothered me for many years until the Lord gave me a revelation. Here it is. The way we put on the armor of God is by arming our minds with the thoughts of God. We arm our minds with thoughts of righteousness, thoughts of peace, thoughts of divine health and healing. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Amen? This is how you put on the armor of God. You strap the breastplate of righteousness. How? By thinking, I'm the righteousness of God. Amen? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So I come to the end. I don't know how to finish it, but I've got to finish it. And this is an area that we are all challenged in, folks. All challenged to grow spiritually and to develop in. Amen? There's so much room for growth and development in this area that I'm sharing with you. And if we desire to take spiritual ground, make advancement, take ground for the kingdom, we must at all costs take back our minds 
by filling them with the thoughts of God. And here is the final scripture that I want to read to you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. New King James says, If then you were raised with Christ. How many of you are raised with Christ? Amen. If you're not, we can pray a prayer for you right now. You can come to the front, receive Christ, and be born again, and be raised from the dead. If you are sincere and genuine in your heart. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above not on things on the earth. I like the Passion Translation here that says it this way. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of this natural world. Let's stand, please, and give thanks to God for His Word. Repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to give you thanks for your Word this morning. I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit. You send your spirit to reveal the word to us who is none other than Jesus Christ, the living word of God. We thank you for your precious word. And Lord, we commit today to read the word, to study the word, to meditate in the word, until the Word fills our minds with the innumerable thoughts that you have toward us. We bless you for it, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, Come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.